Welcome to Weekend Trader. I'm Caroline Woods here to break down this week's action and preview the upcoming week is Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Hey there, Ben. So good to have you. Let's start with the key takeaway from this week, and it's clearly that we have a Fed who's very much vowing to fight inflation. We knew we could have at least six more hikes this year, but now maybe even a 50 basis point hike. Hey, Caroline. Yeah, this week, that seems to be one of the central and primary focal points for investors and traders. It really started off on Monday, if you remember, with Fed Chair Jerome Powell's speech and that much more hawkish tone than we had seen recently in terms of at the FOMC meeting. Now, keep in mind, they just raised rates a quarter basis point the first time since December of 2018. I think it's pretty clear that the Fed sort of telegraphed this is the first of many to come, as you mentioned, six. But what's really starting to get in the minds of traders and investors right now is the potential for a 50 basis point rate hike Again, after some comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell this week, who signaled a willingness to see a potential for 50 basis points uh, rather than a quarter point, and basically kind of pointed to if the data need be, uh, if the data warrants ultimately, then we will see a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Now, anytime you hear those comments coming from Fed speakers, and keep in mind, uh, Caroline, it wasn't just Fed speakers here this week, uh, or Central Bank Fed Chair Jerome Powell, I mean, uh, FOMC Chair, uh, it was also some of the individual regional Fed speakers as well. We heard from Bostic, Bullard, uh, uh, Mester throughout the week and daily. And while some took on that kind of more uh, kind of a traditional sort of, hey, let's just stick with a quarter point rate hike, there were some uh, hawks in the bunch, to say the least, that again, are suggesting potentially that we're going to need to be a little bit more aggressive than initially expected. So let's talk about how the markets reacted to a, a possibly more hawkish Fed. What'd you see treasuries, rates, bonds? Well, uh, I think that's a great spot to begin in terms of treasuries. There was some weakness. That's again, the future selling off, which I want to remind our viewers when we see that uh, weakness in the futures and here you're looking at it, the trend environment uh, to the downside. Well, that means rates have been on the rise. So again, that inverse correlation to yields here in the U.S. Now, I want to point out that the bonds, this is the longer data we're looking at, the 30-year, really accelerated this week. and It had been kind of lagging for the most part relative to the short end. But here you can see, again, a big move, a breakout to the downside, new multi-year lows down to 146.20. And let's just bring in the quad here, all four of these. I've got the bonds in the top left corner, the 10-year in the top right. You've got the five-year and the two-year on the bottom half. So the shorter dated on the bottom half, the longer dated on the top half. And you can see, again, uh, it was across the board here this week. So Treasury futures to the downside, again, as mentioned, well, that means rates are headed north here again. And that's really what's been weighing on investor sentiment since the beginning of the year. You pile on some of the geopolitical tensions that we've seen over the last month in terms of uh, Russia's war on Ukraine, and that impacts as well. But actually, that was a bit of a headwind for rates. Here you can see, though, again, uh, take a look. The 10-year in the middle, I've got the five-year on the right and the 30-year on the left. You can see all into new highs for the year. We're talking multi-year highs in many instances here. And, you know, I just want to point out here as we take a look here at, well, the yield curve. This has also been a topic, a focal point for many, a topic of conversation as it's been inverting in many instances. Oftentimes that's tied back to recession and concerns about, well, a Fed raising rate in terms of a slower growth environment. I thought what was interesting, though, is even with rates on the rise here, the indices, for the most part, kind of held their own holding up near those March highs. Turning to the equity markets, March is winding down. Next week is the final week of the month. So far, the major averages are positive on the month. Do you look at this as just a bounce off the lows or a bigger shift in sentiment? 
Well, as of right now, I see it still kind of just as a bounce off the lows. I haven't really seen any shift in terms of the fundamentals. You still have uncertainties tied to the geopolitical uh, activity that's playing out in terms of Ukraine and Russia's war on. You've got crude oil holding above $100 a barrel. I mean, that's going to weigh on sentiment as well. And then again, as we just took a look at rates are on the rise. So the move up that we've seen, significant to say the least, though, you can see in terms of the ES, how we uh, retested those Feb lows down around 4101. And we're talking about, again, here, a move off uh, just a week or so ago, uh, 400 points to the upside here. I mean, look at the ES back to 4512 up and through 4500. Now, I want to point out here, we still have yet to take out those Feb highs. Remember, we saw that kind of double top of around uh, this 4600 level. So that's the Feb high we need to get up above right now. I guess the best thing here is that we're kind of spending some time up at this level. The bulls don't necessarily want to see this thing roll back over. Continued weakness, if we do, back down through 4350, 4300 could open up a door for a retest of that lower extreme. But I also just wanted to point out as we take a look here at, well, the daily time frame, you can see now the ES, much like the NASDAQ, the Dow, the Russell, it's a good representation of all four back up above the 50-day moving average this week. And then I also want to point out here, take a look how the ES is above the 200-day moving average. Caroline, I've got the Dow back to that closely watched level as well, but the Russell and the NASDAQ continue to lag, continue to hold below it. So again, taking out some key areas, recovering some here, but I think uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be telling in terms of some of the data. Keep in mind, this market's been very headline driven and we have some closely watched numbers over the next, uh, well, few days coming our way. Looking ahead to next week, Ben, we'll get further reads on the strength of the U.S. economy. The highlight, of course, the jobs data, also a few earnings coming in. Uh, what can we expect? Well, I've got my eye on some of the tech names. For example, a name like Micron that hasn't really fared as well as some of the other names, Apple, for example, and Microsoft in terms of its recovery off those lows that we recently saw back in March. We were just taking a look at the ES and a similar pattern here playing out in terms of the NASDAQ and the tech shares while they've recovered some again and have worked their way back towards those uh, or posting new highs for the month of March. You can see uh, it's been limited in terms of ability to take out anything from February. There you can see some of the other names to keep an eye on again in terms of next week, a couple of retailers that we should be watching. But it seems like, again, we had Nike this week. And after that, oftentimes things kind of taper off. But I do have a handful of names to keep an eye on that could move the indices. But again, Carolyn, I think the focus has really shifted to the Fed rates. And while well, some of the eco data, I think, is important as well. I mean, we have some big numbers, as I mentioned, next week. We'll get a look at some of the jobs data. We'll also have, again, GDP numbers. In addition to that, as you just take a look here at the latter part of the week, again, we've got an OPEC meeting. So you're talking about crude oil. We're going to get some information in terms of uh, personal income and spending, which ties directly into those inflation discussions. And again, just kind of murky waters for not only the Fed, but also investors and traders to kind of navigate through over the next couple of days here. But Again, a market that's been very much headline driven. Uh, we've seen volatility come off uh, of the March highs. The indices have rallied back off those March lows, but lots to keep an eye on in terms of some of the products we discussed, energies, commodities in general as well. Just quickly, Ben, also important to keep in mind that it's quarter end. Anything we should consider uh, as we approach the end of the quarter? Oftentimes, heightened volume. Uh, I don't necessarily like the type of participation we see. It has very little rhyme or reason in terms of uh, price activity. But again, it just sort of points to kind of revert back to the technicals, ultimately take a step back from some of that intraday tick for tick uh, type price activity. And always, as I say, when in doubt, zoom out. We have some pretty well-defined underlying trends that are playing out. And for those that aren't trending really well, the, those markets or stocks and individual shares that have been trading sideways, we have pretty well-defined lower extremes to watch. So I'm going to be focused on the technicals for the most part in the quarter end as always.
All right, when in doubt, zoom out. I love it. Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures. Thanks so much, and thank you for watching. I'm Caroline Woods, and that's your Weekend Trader.